When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Andre, how long ago did Chevy introduce a new Colorado? It feels like a couple of decades ago. Yeah, I think it's what, eight years ago? Well, yes, it's been eight years. 2015 was the last all new uh, Colorado. But now there's a new sheriff in town. And in this podcast, we're not going to be talking about just all the facts because we have so many facts to talk and go over. We're also going to be talking with who? Uh, one of the chief engineers on the program, uh, Nick Kacharian, is going to join us later in this episode. I'm going to ask him all the hard questions because we have a lot, you know, about the chassis, about the suspension design, about the brand new Chevy Colorado. Yeah, there's a lot out there to tear into and uh, dissect. So let's just get right into it. Uh, and let's start with what we know about the new Colorado, uh, which is that they've actually uh, simplified it in a lot of ways. Let's start with the powertrain. Yeah, so before they actually had three engine options, right? The base trucks had a little four-cylinder, two-and-a-half-liter. Then there was also the uh, ubiquitous uh, 3.6-liter V6 that was across many vehicles that GM sold. Uh, And then, of course, there was a 2.8-liter diesel. Yeah, all gone. All gone. One (laughs) swoop. (laughs) One swoop. (laughs) Washed away. (laughs) And what they did was interesting because they took uh, the powertrain that's in the Silverado, which is a 2.7 liter turbo, uh, stuck it into the Colorado and then detuned it. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, uh, they wouldn't yes, say that. Yes and no. Okay. Because uh, the top of the line high output version of the Colorado turbocharged engine is the same rating as the Silverado. So, but they do have two additional ratings, which are less, right? Uh, which are detuned. I, I think that's a fair way to say. Yeah. It. yeah. But you know, you know, I think it's a little bit more complex than that because. Uh, fuel efficiency is very important. So when you quote unquote say detune an engine, I think it's actually tuned for efficiency, right? Not for high power. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think we're splitting hairs. What's the difference? Less power, better fuel economy, more power, worse fuel economy, right? That hasn't changed since the internal combustion engine was uh, invented. Yeah, and also I think they can charge you know different uh, pricing. We, we don't have the prices for the new Colorado truck. They haven't announced it yet. But I think for the work truck, you want to bring that price down low, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so the base rating on this new engine is 237 horsepower and 259 pound-feet of torque, which is already pretty good, um, solid horsepower and torque. Yeah, we're looking at the uh, work truck right now. It's up on the screen. If you guys aren't, uh, if you're listening to this and not watching it, uh, uh, there it is. Andre just put it up. Uh, but the, there is a downside uh, to this, and that is, of co- course, towing. What does it tow, Andre? So the base truck, that's what I think a lot of us really want. You know, affordable pickup trucks, 
that are dependable, reliable, uh, and they made for some reason. And this this is part of what I may ask Nick, but he may not be the right person to ask this because it may be you no know, product management and other forces at play. But they made it their towing rating on the Work Colorado truck at thirty five hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah, that's. Uh it's counterintuitive, right? Because the people who are most likely to tow are probably the guys and gals, you know, who are doing landscaping, contractors, right? And uh, the top tow rating on the new Colorado is how much? 7,700 pounds. So the work truck actually gets the least amount. Less than half. Yeah. Less than Ma- half Maybe that's a strategy to try to get people to upgrade to a more expensive truck? I, I, don't, I don't get it, I guess. So it, ha- it has to do with a lot of things, right? Uh, the power rating is one, but of course, like the rear differential ratios are different. So it has to do with a lot of different factors, but I really wish they would not, I, I'm gonna use this word, Roman. I, I think they, and GM is not the only one doing this. They're neutering the work truck. Hmm. Because this is why I'm saying this. Toyota Tundra work truck SR version also is rated lower to tow. Uh, this is one of the new redesigned trucks. And now GM is kind of doing something similar here with the Colorado. I really don't like this trend. Wow. So we've got a trend where the work truck is kind of the entry level, but you don't have the goodies that you probably need to do your job. Is that fair? Well, let's, 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 well, let's just well, tackle the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. Which is also, uh, they simplified, and now I'm using that word on purpose, the bed and cab configuration, right? Ooh. Okay, so the Colorado for the next generation, 2023, is uh, currently, they announced this, available as a crew cab short bed. So, but they did extend the truck a little bit lengthwise. So the new Colorado is about one inch longer overall, and they kind of pushed the wheels towards the ends of it. So they increased the wheelbase length by about 3.1 inches, uh, which makes, well, some of the off-road specs are really, really good. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but where is that longer bed, dude? Yeah, for the uh, work truck, that would be, uh, you know, or fleet buyer, that would certainly seem like something that would come in handy. Yes. Because, you know, the longer the bed, the more stuff you can get in it. Yes. Uh, the shorter the bed, the more lifestyle you becomes, right? So instead of putting in, I don't know, you know, a blow-up... <laughs> <laughs> a, a blow-up dolphin when you're going to the lake, right? And your kayak. <laughs> in a long bed, you're probably yeah. loading that thing up with gas cans and, you know, lawn Gra- equipment gravel or gravel. Yeah, firewood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so yeah, that's another trend. But you know who's really strong at this, at the lifestyle truck? is uh, Rivian? Tac- Tacoma. <laughs> okay. And Rivian, right? Rivian has a short bed. Yeah. Uh, the Tacoma um, five-foot bed is the most popular configuration they sell. So... So maybe there's something here. Maybe what uh, manufacturers are telling us is that if you want something lifestyle, get a smaller vehicle. If you want something for work, get the Silverado or some bigger truck. Yeah, that is true. I mean, they do have the Silverado waiting in the wings. So if you guys want to get the work truck that tows and that has a bigger bed, that's where you upgrade to the Silverado. So not only are they prodding you to upload upgrade the Colorado to a higher spec level. Maybe they're prodding you to upgrade to, you know, a full-size truck from the mid-size truck. Yeah. All right, uh, so let's talk about the other uh, engine options in the uh, Colorado. So we talked about the base. What's the next size up? So they call it Turbo Plus. Uh, uh-huh. Turbo Plus, okay, that's kind of a cool term. Yeah, like it, Turbo mar- Plus, yeah. Marketing term. Yeah. Um, so the po- uh, horsepower goes up dramatically to 310 horsepower, and then the torque goes up to 390 pound-feet of torque. This is really almost top of the class already, uh, because if you look at power options in this class, 
currently the king of horsepower is a uh, Nissan Frontier at 310. With the right gas. Uh, yes, uh, with a big V6 engine that right. they have. Um, so now the GM truck is right, right up there with the Nissan on horsepower, but they're just blowing past everybody on torque. 390 pound-feet of torque is a re- already a really high number. Yeah, let's go back to the other t- trucks because uh, that's not what's in the work truck or the LT, right? That, yeah, I think those are optional engines in the in the LT actually. Hey, so. if, if you guys are watching this uh, on YouTube, then you're seeing this. If you're not, uh, you can go over to alltfl.com, uh, where Andre is working very hard to put this up on our website. So we created this catch-all, alltfl.com, which has all of our videos, all of our website listings, all of our TikToks, all of our shorts, uh, kind of one-stop shopping. Because oftentimes, Andre, we get emails from people saying, hey, you didn't cover this. And sometimes we cover it on the website and we don't do a video or vice versa. Or we have also eight channels. Yeah, right? a lot. So we may have covered it on one channel, not the other. So that's a really yeah, good place. I mean, you know, the ZR2 is a perfect example. Does that live on TFL off-road or does it live on TFL truck? Yes. It can live on both. But alltfl.com, you'll find it. Yeah, so that, that was kind of our solution to that uh, conundrum. Um, so what's the what's the red one up there? That's a new, new well, newish because it used to exist because you corrected me and you were right. The Trail Boss did exist in the Colorado. In but the previous it, one. But it was more of a sticker package. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, the red truck you can see on the screen if you're watching this um, is the new Trail Boss. And I re- this is where I think GM did a really, really positive, really, really great thing, really competitive. So what they did was they took their brand name Trail Boss from the Silverado truck, which is already a really strong name. It's a strong vehicle. We had a long-term Silverado truck. Yeah, I love that truck. Yeah, which was great. It combined uh, truck capability with affordability, right? So it was kind of a compromise of both. And now they're doing basically applying a similar formula or the same formula to the Colorado truck. So a little bit of a lift, I believe, right? Yep. So a two-inch lift over the work truck base Colorado. Uh, And then, of course, um, uh, it has a G80. (laughs) Which has been around since, I think, uh, before I was born. That look on my face is a little bit of a stunned rabbit because I, I thought at this point... <laughs> oh, look, there's so, nothing... Let, let's talk about the G80, okay? Okay. This is, this is another... Uh, you know, I'm of two minds in the G80. You know, why change it if it works, right? Why fix it if it works? But when the competition's doing electronically selectable lockers or Rivian's out there doing, you know, four motors. motors. Yeah. At this point, maybe, GM, you may want to step it up a little bit. So let's explain the G80. So the G80 is a manual locking rear or front, I guess. Well, it wouldn't be in the front. Differential, right? So when one wheel spins... Uh, the G80 senses that and locks the diff to give you. But the problem with that is there's this like moment of hesitation, and that moment can't be quite long before it locks up. So you'll have one wheel spin, and then all of a sudden it's like boom, and then the truck like like shoots forward. Yeah, and it's done mechanically. Yeah. So it's a mechanical device. So there's no computers, there's no air, there's no ele- electronics involved, right? The G80 is a mechanical device. Uh, when it senses slip, it actually engages both wheels, like you said. Uh, and you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I, uh, but they fix. Here's the irony. Okay, here's a part. They fix it in, in the, the ZR2. Uh, in the ZR2, they give you a switch, which makes it basically a selectable locker, not just for the rear, but for the front as well. Yes. So, so once again, uh, this is starting I to feel like cost. a. Yeah, I, yeah, it feels like the bean counters got. I, I, look, I don't get, I don't get GM. I get Ford, and to some extent, I get Ram. Right? Ram is all about like 
shove the biggest engine <laughs> under the hood of everything. <laughs> the hood of everything. Call it good. And Ford's kind of like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna slice and dice the different segments by giving you now 14 versions of off-road ready trucks. Yes. And we're gonna we got rid of the V8. They don't even talk about the Coyote anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna twin turbocharge everything, and you're gonna be loving it. Uh, but GM is like like like, you know. Um, if it were me, right, I would have had a Raptor competitor uh, if I were GM years like five ago. years ago. Yes. And yet to this day, we just sold our ZR2. They still don't have one. And the ZR2 wasn't one. It was more like a, uh, let's call it a Tremor competitor if you're, yeah, if you're going agree. against Ford or a TRD Pro competitor if you're going against Toyota. And with this, they actually lead the segment, right, because there's no other midsize truck except for the Gladiator uh, that has a front and a rear locker. Yeah, they're really kind of on top of the midsize segment in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, you know, they've got a true off-road truck. And when I first did the video introducing the Colorado, uh, a lot of people actually commented that they're getting a little sick of off-roady trucks. So, you know, I mean, I mean, and actually our friend Tim, I was listening to his podcast and he was saying, you know, not everybody lives in Moab. <laughs> and <laughs> but that, they want to. And true that, but yeah. The, but the thing is, we want to live there. <laughs> That's a good point, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say, you know, Tim's in Nebraska, or let's say you're in Iowa, right? Do you really need or want all this off-road goodness? And, and, and I suspect the answer is you don't need it, but you want it. Is that fair? Yeah, but this trend is not new. Yeah. I mean, really, when the Raptor came out originally in 2010, uh, it kind of showed the world that people aspire to bigger tires and higher lifts, and, you know, a lot of pickup truck uh, consumers really enjoy that stuff. And speaking of bigger tires, we have bigger tires. Yeah, we have bigger tires on this. So the Trail Boss edition, so let's continue a little bit more on the Trail Boss. Yeah. Uh, has a 32-inch tall tire, which is already bigger and more capable than the previous ZR2 that they had. And let's, uh, let's be real. The bigger the tire, the slower the truck, and the worse the fuel economy. Yes. So that's very important to know. When I say slower, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it, you have a lot more tire to turn so your zero to 60 time comes down and your fuel economy and, and goes that's up. when you need those turbos. goes down yeah yeah that's when you need those turbocharged engines because they have low end torque and that's what you need to turn those tires um, by the way the trail bus is also wider so they actually have a wider track compared to the base uh, models so which is also very very important and i think the trail bus is going to be a sweet one just, uh, just you, think, you think that's the sweet spot in the new call? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if the work truck doesn't tow enough, uh, and it's basically a fleet truck, uh, the LT? It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. LT is probably going to be their, probably their highest volume truck. Yeah. Because it's going to be less expensive than the Trail Boss. But for me in Colorado, we live in Colorado. So a Colorado Trail Boss, for me, I think that would be the sweet spot. Uh, for, for for me at least. All right, and then if you really want, you know, the 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 top of the line top dog, there are new really uh, there are new two two top dogs, right? Yeah. So of course the uh, Bison ZR2 was the current generation top, uh, dog, top yeah. dog. So there will be a ZR2, uh, and what's new with that, Andre? So the ZR2. Well, first of all, of course, and we haven't talked about styling much, but the styling is all new, right? Yes. Uh, but it has a larger tire still. Uh, the new ZR2 Colorado has a 33. It has a beadlock-capable wheel. And what do you think about style uh, overall? I, I mean, I think the ZR2, and especially the Desert Boss, is like the ZR2 with accessories, basically. Yeah. Uh, so there, there is a new one called the Desert Boss. Yes. And that gets you 
we're looking at it right now. I get you that front uh, push bar. Yep. I get you the rear. I'm going to call it a sport bar with a, a, a light bar on top yep. of it. Uh, gets you lots uh, of bars. Lots of bars. <laughs> yes. Uh, it gets you those, like you said, beadlock capable and tires. rock sliders. And rock sliders. Yeah. Uh, and probably more skid plates, right? You the the whole thing looks, is it, probably undercoated. It looks like one of those uh, Tonka toys we, we used to play as a kid, right? I, I think the styling, I think they probably nailed this, but this is going to be their most expensive model. Um, the current, if you um, top out and option out the current ZR2, yep. it's pushing $56,000. And so this is going to be more like sixty. So this could be sixty grand. But you know what? Uh, the Gladiator has shown that there is almost no limit to where people will go on the 4x4 Especially truck. if you stick the word Rubicon on it. <laughs> yeah, if you put a Rubicon on it, if you put big tires and really macho styling... There's almost no limit to what people will pay. So, um, so you know, when, when the Silverado came out, the last generation, right, I talked to the designer, and he said that his design language was fist into the wind. Mm-hmm. Fist into the wind. GM Strong. provides a fist into the wind, right? Have yeah. you seen their commercials? They're just like that. Have you seen those? Like, uh, you got me at Allison. <laughs> but they never say, you got me at Allison branded. <laughs> right? It's always right. Allison. Right. Because it's really not an Allison, is it? <laughs> yeah. Y- yeah, you're going to heavy-duty territory now. <laughs> I know, but you yeah. see what I'm saying? It's, yeah, yeah. it's, like, it's like some, like, some like, gravelly voice guy who's yeah. like, you had me at Allison. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> so w- with this one, it's like, you had me at ZR2. <laughs> Desert Boss. <laughs> so, Desert so, Boss is a cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know um, what we need to do, Andre, and what? this is this is a video I can't wait to do. Is we need to take the Desert Boss and put it up against the Gladiator Rubicon, right? And get the Top the, Dog Rubicon. Yeah, and get you know get get all of the Top Dog uh, midsize trucks together. Ready Pro, and and of course the the, the uh, Ranger Raptor when it comes, which is coming, which is coming, yeah. uh, and actually do an off road test because you know it's one thing to see it on paper. It's another thing to actually go and drive them and live them and feel them and, you know, take them into Hell's Revenge and see, see what the manufacturers have wrought. Yes. So um, it looks good. On paper, everything about this. You said approach and departure and breakover angles are really good. Yeah, amazing. For, so, for example, the approach angle in the ZR2, the new one, is 38.3 degrees. I think the only uh, vehicle, a midsize truck, that's better uh, on the approach is the Gladiator. Mm. Uh, the TRD Pros is about 35 degrees, um, and some of the other trucks are lower. Um, it has a really good breakover, 24.6 degrees, and a departure of 25.1. Those are class-leading numbers as far as the breakover and the departure angles. So it has on paper all the capability that you may want and, and need. You know, it'd be fun. You can run Hell's Revenge at night. We could take that truck and uh, power up oh, that light bar. You can have a lot of lights. <laughs> it's so, a little terrifying going up those big uh, like hills or mounds at night, but it would be a cool video. Yeah, so um, can, can we go a little bit deeper? Can yeah. Take a step a little bit Of course. What do you lower? want? Where do you so, want? How uh, deep do you uh, want to dive? Uh, well, so the first dive I want to do into the powertrain. Okay. So uh, several years ago, GM actually invited me and us at TFL to their proving grounds to uh, unveil this engine, the 2.7 liter turbo. And they unveiled it in a very interesting way. I don't know if you remember this, uh, me talking about it, but they um, had trucks lined up in the parking lot at the proving grounds. And they said, we're not gonna tell you what's under the hood. We're gonna let you drive these trucks and tell us what you think. Hmm. So it was kind of a unique perspective on a new uh, kind of debut. 
And this, these, were, these were full size? Uh, yeah, I'm these were Silverados lined up in a row. And they said, these have the new engines um, yeah. and drive them, but we're not gonna tell you anything about it. So I got behind the wheel and it almost, you know, it was kind of, you know, I was on camera, I was, we didn't have videographers. There were like three people sitting You were in the working cab with it all me. by yourself? Yeah, I was working by myself, so I was kind of under stress. And I, I, and I felt almost like a turbocharged engine. Right, right. It, it had that low end torque, and I was like, "Did they put the two liter in here?" You remember how they had the two liter turbo? Yeah, as well? I remember. Yeah, I was like, "That's too small. Yeah. That, that engine would be too small for a big truck." And then, lo and behold, they unveiled the two point seven liter. It's a very high tech engine. It has cylinder deactivation. It has a very Ooh, smart. People are going to hate that. Well, yes. People hate the cylinder deactivation in the uh, 6.2. Yes, you know, and 5.3. And 5.3. It's funny, like when the chip shortage hit, uh, GM started shipping trucks without cylinder deactivation because they didn't have the chips for it. And everybody was like, thank God. They rejoiced. <laughs> they rejoiced. They were like, we hate that crap. That and, uh, you know, the auto well, shut off. So, so why do people hate it? Can we dig into this? I, I think it, it comes down to reliability, right, and, 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 and cost of maintenance, right? So if something goes wrong, if if some of your cylinders are not firing correctly, you know, that's an expensive fix, right? You know, I think people hate it for the same reason that you hate neutering your dog. Ooh. <laughs> I'm serious, right? You're like, this this dog has got something that I love about it, and I want it to pass along the genes, but now I'm going to go snip, snip, and it's going to be gone. Uh, and this truck has 6.2 liters, 400, what is it, 20 horsepower, 460 pound-foot of torque, and now snip, snip. Cylinder reactivation, well, but you're not losing horsepower though. You're not snipping horsepower. You're, but that's that's you're, the you're, that's you're the perce- that's the perception, right? Right. When you deactivate the cylinders, you're like, okay, I'm getting less power mm-hmm. for what I thought was you know a big old V8. Now I'm getting you know a medium sized six cylinder or a four cylinder. Much, but how much do you want to pay at the pump? That that is always kind of the conundrum. <laughs> yes. So so this is what this engine is about. Um, it's about, it's kind of a high-tech engine, like I said, uh, very, very high-tech engineering that went into it. But no cylinder deactivation. Yes, it has one. It, it has, has it as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wow. has it. It has it. It has a very smart turbocharger that gives you lots of low-end torque, um, kind of linear horsepower if you look at kind of the driving experience in the Silverado that we experienced. And then they upgraded it. This was also awkward, because two years into it, they just went back and they said, oh, by the way, we're going to reinforce the internals of this engine and increase the torque. What do you think that's about? So the, here's how they explained it. Uh, I was listening to this interview with the chief engineer of the engine. Uh, this was about a year and a half ago. And they said uh, there were some noise characteristics of the new 2.7 that they didn't like. And they reinforced the, like the crankcase, the crankshaft, and some of the internals of the engine. And then they boosted torque. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But but, the, but something doesn't feel something well, feels you, a little fishy. Why don't you ask why, the chief engineer? Why would you? I will. Yeah. Uh, what, you know? Why would you introduce an engine and two years or not even two years into it, you well, upgrade the hardware? So, so are you are you are you hinting at the fact that there was some problem internally that they found that they corrected? Is that what you're thinking? I don't know, but I don't think any engineer will ever tell me this. Right. I don't think you're going to get that. You know, that no. would be. No, but but, the, that, but that, that would seem like the attorneys and lawyers at GM would be all I over think that. Big big sirens would be going <laughs> off in uh, in uh, Detroit. Uh, but bottom line, I think now whatever they did to this engine, 
Now it should be a really, really good engine. And how reliable will it be? Well, we don't know yet, right? Because we still have to test it and live with it for a long time. There are certain things we don't know. Let's let's just go over those so that if uh, you're wondering about those, we won't keep you waiting. We don't know uh, what the new pricing will be. Right. We don't know uh, what the horsepower. Oh, no, we do no, know the horsepower and torque. No, I mean, no we, we don't know the efficiency. Yeah. Fuel, we don't know fuel economy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we don't know the exact date when it's going to become available. So th- they said it's going to start building in the first half of 2023. Yeah. Uh, but, but what does that mean? Those mean numbers Jan- are so squishy now. Does it mean January? <laughs> does it mean June? <laughs> I know. Does it mean May? So we don't quite know. And, but um, And does, sh- it, does it mean they're going to have all the different trim levels out there at the dealer. Right now, if you go to your local Chevy dealer, you'll be lucky to find any trucks, let, let alone like all the trim levels uh, on, on their heavy-duty and full-size truck. And even the Colorado has been, um, it's very hard to buy a Colorado. It right is, now. yeah. yeah you, we got lucky with the ZR2. I mean, that was unobtainium, but yet we managed to get one because you ordered it right away. Yeah, we ordered it. We were the first to order one. So, so um, Silverado ZR2, by the way. Right. Yeah. So w- those are the things we don't know. Yeah. So we don't know exactly when it's going to be available or when you can order one um, and stuff like that. So you wanted to do a deep dive on something else. What else do you want to do a deep yeah, dive? Yeah, so, so um, I just wanted to say that uh, the competition. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because uh, if we look at the lineup one once, one more time. Uh, so Ford, like you said, Ford is pushing, also st- still pushing off-road trucks. In a big way. They, they're increasing the yeah, number. Just this week, they introduced the uh, Maverick Tremor. Exactly. Yeah, so that's another Tremor to their lineup. Yeah. Uh, and we know, of course, that they've unveiled the new Ranger uh, worldwide, the one that goes in Australia, You know, not the one that we get here. But I don't think there's going to be much of a difference. It would m- seem logical between the World Ranger and the U.S. Ranger. That's coming soon. Yeah, I, I would expect. Uh, so the rumors are flying that... Um, the Raptor is coming, right? The Ranger yep. Raptor is coming. It's going to have a three-liter twin-turbo V6. So the, the and the rest of the world gets a diesel. Yeah, and we probably won't get the diesel. No, and no. there's no diesel in the new Colorado, and there's no diesel anywhere other than the Gladiator, right? Uh, right now, but uh, I think the Trail Boss was a really smart thing to do for them because they do have the Z71, right? The Z71 is kind of their FX4, you know, off-road package that Ford has. Yeah, so let's go. Let's go through the the lineup, starting from the least expensive to the most. So it starts out with the uh, work truck. Yes. LT. LT is probably there, just a little bit nicer, right? Uh, a few more amenities, a few more options. And then Z seventy one on top of that. Yeah. So which is kind of an off road angle. Off road. Yep. And yep. then then Trail Boss. Yep. And then uh, ZR two. Yep. And then ZR two Desert Boss. Yes. So those are, that's the lineup going from least to most expensive. Yeah, and so now. So they do have to compete against the Tremor in a big way. Uh, of course, Jeep is still there. Uh, well, I'm not going to bring the Honda Ridgeline into this because Honda Ridgeline is kind of more of a street-based truck, right? It almost competes with like the mid-sized trucks in some ways. I mean, the, the compact trucks. The it's Ridgeline. a mid-sized truck, yeah. yeah. But in some ways, if you look at it, the way it's specced you know, and the way that it drives and the way that it feels, it almost is more of a direct competitor like the Maverick or the Santa Cruz, even though it's much bigger than those. So it does fit in the midsize segment, but Honda has certainly made it much more um, um, car-like than truck-like in a lot of ways. And they're changing that slowly, right? The latest version uh, is a little bit more off-roady. They yeah. give it some... Here's the funny thing. So they gave it some... I'm, I'm using air quotes here. Off-road tires, right? 
Uh, but Honda's really proud of the fact that, like, it looks off-road tires on the outside, so they gave it, like, like those... Kind like, of an aggressive pattern. Yeah, right? like an aggressive peaky pattern. But then the tread is not off-roady. It's more street, so that it looks like an off-road tires, but it keeps the handling and driving dynamics of an on-road tire. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about where the Ridgeline is kind yeah. of living. And there is a place for that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. Yeah. I'm just saying that gives you, that's why we're not necessarily comparing it to um, the Desert Boss. Exactly. And then, of course, the Nissan Frontier has a really strong Pro 4X lineup, right, which is getting more and more popular. So they really needed the Trail Boss. Uh, to be its own truck, and I'm really glad that they made it wider because it just has that appearance, it has the performance, you know, stability. Uh, they gave it a larger tire, which is also really, really great. Uh, so uh, I, I think that was a really smart move on their part. But once again, uh, what happened to the short cap long bed? I, I can't believe. Well, the only speculation I've read and heard of is that they're preparing us for an electrify because there's no electrify, which is also like I, yeah. I, what's up with that? So, so here's my, here's what I like to do. When a new vehicle comes along, right? Uh, you know, I like to see like what innovative things that they've given it, where they've moved the bar, where they've taken it kind of to a unique place. Uh, and the most innovative thing they've done with the Colorado. Uh, and this, you know, you, you can take it for what it's worth, is they've actually put, like, in uh, tailgate storage. So there, there's this little segment in the tailgate where you, it's, like, four foot long. You can open it up, and, and GM says you could put either drinks in there, which would be weird, right, because they'll get all shaken up. shaken up. Or you could put, like, jumper cables. So that, that is something new that I haven't seen. Now, some of the stuff on the interior, which we haven't talked about right now, is they've basically taken the screen from the ZR2, that we had Silverado, uh, and yeah. put it put it in there. They also given it a much more prominent uh, knob for choosing your different uh, trail uh, drive options, right? Yeah, uh, and that's been you know that's that's you know Ford did that with the Bronco, right? The, the Goat mode goes over any terrain mode. It basically yeah. does the same thing. So th there's nothing like hugely innovative there. Uh, the interior is a hundred percent better. Yeah, more modern, yeah. just stylish, uh, high, more high-tech. More high-tech. Yeah. They, they gave it a sunroof, a small sunroof. But I'm kinda like, that's eh. not an innovation. That's not an innovation. We, we had sunroofs, you know, back in so, so, know, 90s so, and 80s. So, you know, we just did a video that was very popular with our lightning where we showed that it, you know, when you're towing a brick into the wind, it doesn't have a lot of range. You lose more than 50% of the range. Uh, and that got passed around, uh, especially like on Breitbart, on conservative media, and people used it as a, as a way to prove that electric trucks aren't ready for the prime time. I, I disagree with that, right? Trucks do more than just tow, but it, it is true that, okay. that towing is, is not... Towing is a problem. But yes. there's, a, there's a really easy solution to that, right? It's basically what Jeep does with their 4xe, where you have two powertrains, so you have an electric motor, and then you have a hybrid uh, powertrain that's a plug-in hybrid. Mm -hmm. So if you're towing, you still get the range, but you can run that thing around. I think with the, we just had the Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee 4x in here, and that's got a 14 kilowatt hour battery, so it gives you, what, 27 miles of range. I right. think officially 25, but the, the vehicle said 27. Uh, so why not do something like that? Why not, why not actually combine an electrified hybrid truck they don't exist there's you know there's tons of hybrids out there uh there's tons of plug-in hybrids out there but there's not even like even toyota um you know which we thought would be the first to do a plug-in hybrid uh did a hybrid version of the 
Tundra TRD Pro, but that battery is so small that it, it's never going to give you any it's, electric range. It's not a plug-in. Right? No, it's not. It's it's and just it's just base, It's not even a, like you can't really drive on it. I think it's like a 1.4 kilowatt hour battery or some tiny amount. So basically, it's about fuel economy, which yeah. isn't actually all that great. And, and, and a bit of a power boost, right? Yeah, yeah. And power boost is a Ford term, of course. Yeah. Um, and so Ford has a hybrid F-150 um, with 7.2 kilowatt inverter. Well, you have it. The, yeah. Does, does the Colorado offer 7.2 kilowatts? But, what, but, but you, 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 how far can you drive on it, on electric? It's not a plug-in. No, so here's an example. I just drove my truck into the office. And the Maverick, of course, also has a hybrid, hybrid, but not a plug-in. Exactly. And I, that's it, right? So, a Maverick, Maverick F one fifty, and Tundra are Tundra. all hybrids, but yes. none of them are plug-ins. So, I, I should have clarified. I meant plug-in. So, just FYI. Exactly. So, I just drove my F one fifty hybrid into the office. My commute was about twenty four and some miles, twenty four point five, and four miles were electric. That's what the, that's the report my truck gave me. So I wasn't driving four miles consistently on electricity, but when I was coasting, I, when I was going downhill, it seamlessly kind of blended the electric drive and gave me what, 10, 15% of my trip was electric. So, so that's as, as, as high tech as we can get with hybrids right now. Yeah, so I, I just kind of feel like this uh, truck was kind of conceived before everybody decided that they needed electrification, right? And maybe maybe what they're doing by only offering one configuration is they're getting us ready for an electric, all-electric uh, future. I, I'm just speculating, uh, but that's kind of what we're seeing with the Silverado, right, where you have one configuration of the new... And the new Lightning is only one. Hun, right? Yeah, so may, maybe that's where we're going in the next generation. So I, I guess if, um, you know, you love your uh, normally... Powered and normally I mean internal combustion engine yeah. powered midsize truck. And there you have it. Yes. Uh, Get or, them while the getting's good. And and what if they're preparing us for a compact truck? I mean, they could be. Yeah. Well, they, they made the Colorado slightly bigger. Well, I, I could see you know the, the the people out there listening like screaming at the um, computer or wherever you're listening. Why don't you ask the engineer that question? And the well, answer. Why don't I? The answer is that uh, they will not talk about future products. That is like a given in this industry. You, you can ask all you want, but the answer will always be, we do not talk about future products. And, and think about that. They don't want the competitors knowing what they're up to, uh, and they certainly don't want journalists spreading that to their competitors. Uh, so uh, we don't ask the question because it just shows you, you, you haven't been in this business long enough. But, but how about this? How about we bring Nick in? Uh, I want to I want to really talk to you know to yeah. Nick and actually actually ask him a little bit more detail about the chassis and what they did. Let's do it. All right. So now I'm in a Zoom call with uh, Nick Kacharian, chief engineer of the Chevy Colorado truck, the brand new truck. So Nick, thank you for making the time and actually being with me. Yeah. Thanks, Andre. I appreciate it. It's happy to be here today. So I can see uh, on the wall behind you there, uh, if you guys are watching this podcast, there, it looks like to be um, an aerial photo of the proving grounds. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm out at Milford today. We're going to be driving some trucks later this afternoon. So um, any opportunity I get to hop in a truck and drive it, I'll take it every day. All right, cool. So um, can you give me a little, like a little bit of background about you know your kind of involvement um, at General Motors? Because you told me earlier you were also working on the previous generation uh, Colorado trucks. 
Yeah, so I was introduced um, to the team essentially with the launch of the first Colorado ZR2. Um, so back in 2016, 2017, I was the lead development engineer on the ZR2, which is basically all the vehicle performance attributes that are associated with the truck. That's what a lead development engineer's responsibility is. Um, I, I moved back over. I come from a chassis background, so I moved back over to chassis after that vehicle launched. I came back about two years ago to work on the next generation. In Colorado. Very, very cool. And now, I mean, it made its world debut. I mean, I haven't seen it in person yet. I cannot wait uh, for all of us to kind of be with the truck and see it and um, drive it and et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to take this time um, to kind of discuss, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit, kind of look underneath this truck virtually, so to speak, um, and see. Um, so I wanted to start kind of with, with the bones of it, right? So where does it start as far as compared to the outgoing model, as far as the frame chassis, and then maybe we can move a little bit into the suspension. Yeah, perfect. So um, as you've probably probably read and know, right, the, the, the overall wheelbase of the truck is 3.1 inches longer than the outgoing version. So uh, a lot of that was made up by the fact that we moved the front axle forward a little bit to try to give ourselves a better opportunity from a design and styling standpoint. But more importantly, it gives us a fantastic look at front overhang and really trying to reduce front overhang or increase front overhang or reduce front overhang that increases ground clearance. So um, really looking towards off-roading and what our customers had asked us for, for off-roading and trying to make that next step forward overall, uh, particularly in the ZR2. So that kind of where the, that's kind of where the bones in the structure of it go. I will say that suspension setup and chassis setup of the outgoing CR2 in, in Colorado has been fantastic. We're really happy with where the ride and handling is. We're really happy with how the vehicle performs. Um, so I'll say that architecturally, you'll see some similarities. If you crawl underneath it, you'll see a lot of architectural similarities between the two, um, but it's really kind of moving everything up to the next step in terms of overall performance. You extended the wheelbase, right? Um, so yep. um, to me, just not, I haven't driven this truck, but to me in general, longer wheelbase usually means a little bit more stability. Um, is that fair to say, kind of like straight line stability? Yeah, I would say that overall that, um, you know, we, we have vehicle level targets that we strive to meet for the program. So uh, from an overall perspective, yeah, obviously it adds more stability, but a lot of that has to do, there's a balance, right, between stability and center of gravity. So um, as you increase as you increase overall wheelbase, that absolutely is directionally correct for stability, but we also have to make sure that we're balancing center of gravity because that can play into it as well. I gotcha. So then, um, as it was, independent front suspension um, and then a solid rear axle, uh, but then tell me more about the rear suspension, because um, in every uh, outlet and every press release, it said the shocks were moved. <laughs> so what, what is involved with that? Is it still leaf sprung in the back? Um, and how did you do it? Yeah, so it's still a leaf spring suspension, but really what we're trying to do, right? So you'll, you'll hear the theme kind of throughout the development of, of the next gen Colorado and what we took as far as customer knowledge from the current vehicle and try to apply it to, hey, what are our customers really asking for in the next generation? Um, so in the ZR2, one of the things you'll notice in the current ZR2, right, is the front, the rear shocks are actually inboard. 
Um, so what we try to do in that regard is that that present, that makes them very low, right, overall in the vehicle. And if you kind of look, if you kind of look from the rear front on, on a current ZR2, you can see those shock brackets kind of right there. If you move them outboard, which was our goal for the Dash 2, if you move them outboard, um, what you can see is that now you've opened up that whole front middle part or rear middle part of the axle for more ground clearance. And then you've tucked the rear shock attachments back inside kind of closer to the wheel which protects you for rock crawling okay yeah and um and then so and then the leaves are still there right so correct the leaves are still you, there you were able kind of to kind of i guess package everything in in, in line there yeah it's okay. tricky but we did it <laughs> well i can't wait to see it in person uh like i said but then so and then you have the work truck, right? You have LT, which is kind of the next step up on the trim line. Um, and then you have, of course, the Z71, Trail Boss, uh, and then ZR2. And right. for the Trail Boss and the ZR2, uh, those are also wider tracks, right? Correct. So how did you achieve that? How did you, uh, how did you achieve that wider track? Yeah, so both in suspension setup um, on on both of the the Trail Boss and the ZR2. So from a Trail Boss perspective, you move the control its control arms and knuckles, which really kind of make the track wider. For ZR2, you you do the same thing, except for now we're doing cast iron control arms, right, to really protect ourselves when we're rock crawling. So it kind of takes that high and wide approach and moves it on to the kind of to the next step in off roading. So why why is widening the track important? I mean, are you adding? Is there more articulation then as well, or how does it work? So there is more articulation. If you look at the overall suspension setup of both the Trail Boss and the ZR2, um, you'll see the Trail Boss basically has the same suspension travels or very similar suspension tra travels to the current ZR2. And the next gen ZR2 actually has overall, I'll say on average, about 15% more travel than the outgoing. So, so, so what you get really is a fantastic off-road model in the Trail Boss and an even better model in the ZR2 than we had currently. So yeah, obviously changing the track width will help with suspension articulation, um, gives you a little bit better look from a design, design standpoint, right? Making it high and wide just makes, makes the truck look fantastic. It just, it just looks beastly when you approach it. Yeah, it makes sense. And then what about like the shock choices? Um, everybody uh, knows that, you know, DSSV's pool valve uh, technology is on the ZR2. Um, and then you also have the Desert Boss, which is kind of like, to me, it's like accessorized ZR2, so to speak. Um, but what about the Trail Boss and others? Uh, did you, uh, what type of shocks or tuning are you using there? Yeah, so we're, we've got a passive system. We're not specifically mentioning the name of the supplier who is on uh, on the other trim levels. Obviously, Multimatic has been uh, mainstream play for the ZR2, and it's, we're continue, we're excited to continue that relationship with them because it does provide a really fantastic balance of rock crawling, Baja, and on-road driving that really doesn't exist anywhere else within the industry. So we're really happy that we were able to adapt that technology from Camaro into the first gen and then kind of take it to the level, next level in, in the next gen. Okay, so we had a, uh, one questions from our viewer, uh, Dave, who uh, is a current Colorado owner. Uh, he's mm -hmm. super excited, right, because the next generation of the Colorado is here and it's going to be coming out next year in 2023 uh, on sale. 
Uh, and uh, he noticed that the curb weights, at least listed curb weights, uh, kind of trim for trim were higher generation to generation. Uh, what what contributes to that? Or can you speak a little bit more about the curb weights and also the payload and towing capabilities, right? Yeah, so I'll touch a little bit on the curb weight and then I'll get into the towing and payload capacities. Um, so, so first off with the curb weight, right, we made the wheelbase 3.1 inches longer. So all of those chassis components that are underneath are now 3.1 inches longer. Um, so that, that definitely contributes to part of the mass differences between the outgoing vehicle and the current vehicle. And then if you take a look overall at the amount of technology that's offered standard on the new uh, Colorado compared to the outgoing model, it's very substantial. So there's a lot of, I would say there's not one big chunk where I'd say, hey, this, this is what the difference is attributed to. It's really a combination of added content um, along with what we believe a more robust design from an overall chassis perspective. Well, you also have an all new interior, right? You have adaptive cruise control, you know, on some yeah. models. I mean, you have all these technologies. Yeah, from 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 an overall perspective, I mean, our our focus has really been on taking all of the technology that we could and that we felt our midsize customers really wanted. And by the way, we've spent hours and hours and hours actually with our customers, off-roading with our customers in the current in the current model. We've spent a lot of time doing research behind it, and we've spent a lot of time really understanding what does the midsize customer want and how do we make our truck take that next step forward. So all of that content that you just laid out are all the things that our customers have been asking us for. Okay. Um, did you, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, but did you do something special like uh, different materials or composites to kind of rein in some of the, uh, I guess, uh, the weight increases? So the focus, the focus overall was on trying to take our truck from an overall architectural perspective and move it forward. Um, so, so in that regard, um, no, not necessarily. I wouldn't. I don't have any specific materials I can talk through other than, you know, we do gram for gram, just like everything we work on at General Motors, gram for gram, really trying to make sure we optimize the design, both material wise and size wise for the overall load and durability and reliability of the truck. Okay, makes sense. And then, so that kind of transitions to capability, right? So transitions to payload and towing. Um, it looks to me that you kind of uh, held the line, you know, you really wanted to keep that payload that you had before and really keep uh, the towing capabilities as well, right? Yeah. So, so obviously, right. We had, we're moving from a three engine lineup to, to a one, I'll call it family of engine lineup that we have on the next generation. I'm sure you're going to ask me some questions going to that later, but, but one of the things that we were really focused on was not taking anything away from the customer, right? So, so 7,700 pounds towing capacity is the current diesel towing capacity, which we know our customers love. We know a lot of our customers buy the diesels for towing specifically. So we wanted to make sure that even though that engine is not going to be carried with us in the new Colorado, we wanted to make sure that we still gave the customer everything that they got with the outgoing model. Okay, and then on your base truck, uh, so work truck, WT, uh, and like you mentioned, you alluded to the three different levels of power, and we can mm -hmm. kind of touch, touch on this as well. Uh, the base power is uh, at 237 horsepower and 259 pound-feet of torque. This is a 2.7 liter turbocharged engine. Um, mm -hmm. And this engine is basically 
um, hardware is where it was in the Silverado 1500, right? Yeah, I, and so so the difference between the what the work truck engine is and the and I'll call it the mid level engine, or let's say Z seventy one base or and engine is um, there. Like we have really focused the work truck on on customers that are focused on using their truck exactly for that, right? So um, in many cases, they're not necessarily looking for the power. Um, an output that we would have in some of our performance models. So we wanted to give them something that provided some value to them and also put the put the cost in the price point where we wanted it. Um, if you go to like the Z71 engine, so I'll say I'll say the you know the Turbo Plus engine. Mm -hmm. If you use the Turbo Plus engine as an example, that engine in itself is almost exactly the same part number that's out of the full size truck portfolio. Okay, and then the zero two gets a boost in torque as well. Correct, that's uh, correct. On, on top of that, and of course, correct. those powers, power numbers are three hundred and ten horsepower, and the torque three hundred and ninety pound feet of torque in the Turbo Plus, that's more torque than the diesel had. Spot on. So, so you kind of take the word out of my words out of my mouth, right? So, I'm sorry. so the the current the current three engine lineup today, right, has a four cylinder of V six and the diesel, and we know the diesel is an extremely loved engine. So, what we tried to do with this new two seven turbo is kind of take the best of all three of those engines. So it's like you get the fuel economy out of a four cylinder, you get the torque capacity out of the diesel, and you get the horsepower out of the V six, and combine it creates this kind of perfect engine for the architecture. I gotcha. Um, and then uh, for towing, the work truck is at 3,500 pounds, which sounds low, um, but the payloads are still good. Uh, so your maximum payloads are about what, 1,500 to 1,600 pounds? Yeah. So why did you tune? The, is, is that what your customers told you? As far yeah, as so I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy walk up between how to get to thirty five hundred and and um and seventy seven hundred. But but the big thing that kind of gets you the next step forward is getting getting a full in hitch instead of having, um instead of having kind of a bumper bumper integrated hitch that you would have on the thirty five hundred. So so by and large, the trailering options are a lot a lot um are kind of like almost a free flow option on almost all models. So, okay. so, so we're really, so it's, not we're really like, so it's not like you're changing like the cooling capacity of the engine or, um, I mean, are you also, um, does it also depend on like rear axle ratio or, uh, some other elements? So, so that's a great question. Yeah. So there's a combination of componentry that kind of gets you from the 3,500 up to the 7,700. There's actually an interim towing capacity in there of 6,000 pounds. So, so it's really a combination of the trailering technology that's available, your suspension that's available, your axle that's available and your cooling that's available that kind of gets you from those into those three levels. I gotcha. Um, and I got the payload correct, right? Yeah. 1,600 pounds for work truck, 1587 for trail boss and 1151 for ZO2. Okay, and that's uh, almost in line or a little bit better than it was, right? Right. So so actually, you know, so the truck is just as capable, uh, if not more capable. Yeah, from a, from a workhorse perspective, right? 100%, that's what our goal was, is to continue to make it the workhorse that it is. Um, we've done a lot of research on how uh, our mid-sized truck customers actually use the trucks for towing. And that's kind of how we set up our guidelines in terms of the 3,500, 6,000, and 7,700. Okay, and then um, I have to ask you about efficiency. I know the truck is not rated yet, 
but uh, by the EPA, you know, that those numbers are not out yet, but everybody is talking about efficiency, right? Um, it's, it's fuel is, uh, pr prices are high, or at least they are high this summer. Um, so what does this engine lend itself to efficiency or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I like I had mentioned before, right? We're trying to get we're trying to take the old three engine strategy and and combine them into one super engine that kind of gives you the efficiency of a four cylinder, right? And and so so while our numbers aren't published yet, absolutely a heavy focus of ours as it is on all of our vehicles. And is it fair to say like the the like the work truck, the base turbo, was that the focus as well? You know, just you know, kind of decrease the uh, the total output, but also with a mind on efficiency, right? So there's absolutely a mind for efficiency in the engine. Um, and while the output, while the output isn't exactly the same as the Turbo Plus, um, I'll assure you that when you get in the truck and drive it, you'll be like, "Whoa, this is fantastic!" So, um, so that engine for the work truck, um, while it is detuned from the current uh, high output engine, is really fantastic in terms of performance. I have another question that's coming from a viewer. Um, okay. So, and the question is about transmission. So, uh, a lot of people uh, were also thinking about, you know, the 10 speed versus eight speed. Uh, can you kind of, because you're using the, you decided to go with the eight speed, uh, the latest generation of that transmission. Can you tell me a little bit about it? The, those, yeah. Those so, I, I mean, the, the goal here, right, is trying to make sure we pair the engine and the transmission to give our customers exactly what they're looking for and trying to maximize kind of the torque bands that are in the engine with the capability of the transmission. And we really felt with the improvements we made to the second generation transmission um, that it matched perfectly with this engine. Um, really, and it really does, right? I mean, it, the, the truck is fantastic to drive. It smooths it shifts very smoothly. Um, it shifts quick. Uh, we believe it puts power in all the right places. And that's exactly why it pairs up really well with our engine. So that's why you decide you chose the eight speed. Yep. Basically. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, and does this, does this new chassis, can you spill the beans on future products? I mean, <laughs> does this chassis lend itself to other powertrains? Can you say anything about that? Um, we're always looking, we're always looking at fantastic ways to make our truck better. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I, I will say that, um, you know, from, from a capability standpoint, our truck is fantastic right now. Uh, we think it's going to do awesome in the market, but I, I mean, I love off-roading. Um, our team loves off-roading and, and we're always throwing out ideas and we're always working on cooking something good up. That's uh, thank you for that answer because I know a lot of the times, you know, manufacturers don't talk about future product, and so I really appreciate that. Um, I want to ask you about the drive modes. Um, so you're adding a little bit more configurability, I would say, um, mm -hmm. especially in the upper trim levels, at least. Um, yep. So you have at least five drive modes here: normal, tow haul, off-road terrain, and Baja. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so obviously normal normal is just like as you would expect, right? Really 
perfected for on-road driving, um, your day-to-day driver work hauling, hauling stuff in your bed, right? It's just perfect for the on-road. It's got, it's got everything kind of set up perfectly to make the, make the truck fun to drive on roads. Um, tow haul obviously is pretty straightforward as well. Tow haul is set up really with transmission shift points, um, and overall really good configurability to, to manage kind of the, whatever you're towing behind you. Um, off-road mode, think about, think of off-road mode as kind of your entry level into the off-road world. Um, maybe some two tracks, a little, a little gravel driving, um, kind of, kind of gives you kind of that entry point as you're entering the trail, whether it be high speed or low speed rock crawling, you know, there's that little area as you're getting into it, that kind of is a little rocky. That's what you would set your off-road mode for. Uh, Baja mode is specifically configured for for desert running, right? I mean, so uh, we spend a lot of time in our in our uh, proving grounds out in the desert, um, and that's where we're really kind of optimizing the overall execution of our Baja mode. Um, we have Saguaro, we call it Saguaro Trail, so it's a it's a six a little bit over six mile loop that we have out in the desert proving grounds, and it's pretty much got everything from jumps to swells to to whoops, and that's where all of our transmission shift points, steering, braking, everything's kind of set up for Baja mode. It also gives you a little bit of, it kind of lets the control of the vehicle off a little bit so that you can you can do a little bit more maneuverability around corners, lets you skid out a little bit more than you would with normal in kind of normal mode or off-road mode. And then terrain mode is the last one. Terrain mode's really specifically set up for rock crawling. So um, it gives you the opportunity to do one foot driving. So you could either do one foot driving or two foot driving, depending on how you like to off-road. Um, but it's really configured so that you can one foot drive. It gives your use your left foot a break if you're doing some two foot braking um and really fantastic to kind of take over rocks and some of our some of our competition has something like that too um, but we're really proud of how this configuration works um, i'll say with the two off-road modes both 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 baja and terrain mode um there's different levels of how the vehicle supports the driver right so we want to make sure that we give the driver an opportunity to spend time off-road some people are really skilled at driving baja desert race in, in, in rock crawling and some people aren't necessarily as skilled but de- definitely interested in it the truck gives you that ability to have the vehicle kind of help you through that or let you kind of do it by yourself makes sense so it sounds like it's almost similar not the baja mode but it's similar to the strategy like on the silverado for example uh we recently uh we we own um silverado zr2 so and and that particular um, I mean, it had kind of similar strategy, I would say, for modes. So that kind of makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, holistically, very similar to what we do with the with the with the full size truck ZR2. Um, you know, obviously, there's differences in the way the architecture is set up. So there's a little bit of difference in how it might be executed because of the architecture differences. Um, but overall, holistically, very similar in strategy between the two off road models. Okay, and I want to wrap up. I mean, we mentioned technology, but I think um, as far as interior, I, I'll save that for when I'm there with the truck, right? And I actually can experience it. Uh, but I want to talk about the bed a little bit more. So it's steel, steel box, correct? Correct. Yeah, Correct. and it's five foot two inches long. Is it about the same as it was? Or yep, it's about the same as the current short bed that we have, the current crew cab short bed that we have on the outgoing model. And then you created the fancy tailgate, right? 
<laughs> yeah, we did. So, um, so we recognize that tailgate storage and functionality of the bed is really important to our customers. So we we've moved to an eight tie down method. So you can see tie downs all over the all over the bed of the truck when you take a look at it. Um, we've also we've also done a really good job at offering accessories that you can use to accessorize your bed. And then yeah, um, the the two things kind of in the in the real rear end gate that we're we're really proud of is one we've now created a storage bin um, that you can store um, anything from your favorite beverages to your tow hitch and your tie downs um, everything that you know you typically would generally store under the rear seat now you can take and put back in the, in the rear tailgate and what's fantastic about it right is it's not rattling around or moving around so you can hear it when you're driving down the road and then um, and then lastly in the rear end gate we kind of have a mid position hold um, where you can kind of hold the end gate um, at about mid position it lines up really well with the wheel wells. So if you want to load some drywall or plywood, uh, it'll fit a four by eight piece of drywood, uh, drywall or plywood flat. Um, so it makes it a lot easier to kind of stack things on top of each other. Makes sense. And um, I had another viewer question. The final question um, I think that came from the viewers uh, is uh, why no long bed or what was some of the requirements for that? Or, I mean, is it coming or can you say anything about that? Yeah, so one of the things that we focused a lot on with the Next Generation Colorado was making sure that we put, and I like to say it this way, we put complexities in the in the product where our customers ask for it the most. Um, so, so our complexity is really built into technology, into content and feature offering, into our powertrain offerings, and, and overall to our suspension setup and our suspension geometry to really give customers true differentiation between the different trims that kind of meet each one of what our each one of those trims are asking for from an overall customer perspective. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, Nick, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I feel like I, I have a little bit better perspective, uh, you know, uh, more detail. I cannot wait to see the truck in person. And hopefully we can talk in person uh, when we're there. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to having you come out. If you're out in the Detroit area, give me a call. Happy to give you a ride in a truck. Um, they're really fantastic. Like I said, they on road, they're they're some of the best trucks that I've ever driven um, off-road. They're just beasts. So really excited to have you hop in them. Really excited to show you the performance of them and also the interior and exterior designs, which are sweet as well. Well, thank you, Nick. Uh, hopefully we'll um, um, do more videos on the next Colorado very soon. All right, cool. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, Andre, that was interesting. I mean, you know, you, you uh, did a hell of a job in getting as much information as humanly possible without asking about future products. Thank you, Roman. I, yeah, I really tried. And thanks to Nick for actually spending the time with us. Yeah, thank you, Nick. We really appreciate it. And we know how much hard work goes into a new truck. So, uh, you know, we, we really want to give you guys the best opportunity uh, to highlight your um, new vehicle. Uh, well, there you have it, Andre. We've just uh, gotten the deepest of deep dives <laughs> only at TFL on the yes. new Colorado. Uh, and... Let's close this up by talking about the GMC. Yes, GMC Canyon is also coming. Yes, so, August 11th. Yeah, August 11th, just a few days from now, from when we actually published this episode, the new Canyon is coming. It's going to be, we think, very, very similar as far as capability and powertrain. 
and some of the features as the Colorado. Well, they, they leaked, or they well, they didn't leak it. They promoted it uh, with it. yeah, with a kind of a weird quarter picture of the nose of the thing, yes. uh, which is uh, we've done. Me and Andre did a complete video on that um, over at alltfl.com, uh, and you know I think what we've talked about here can be applied. To the canyon, for the yeah, most part. Yeah, because... The canyon is going to be nicer. Yeah, it's, yeah they'll, they'll be... As far as yeah, probably nicer leather. But yeah. in general, it's going to be a sister or brother or cousin, or whatever you want to call a truck, to the Colorado. So it would be weird if all of a sudden, uh, you know, GM said, nope, the canyon's going to get oh, the it's six... it's going to be a hybrid. <laughs> no, no. You know what would be, would be cool? What if they said it's going to get the uh, straight six diesel? Oh, yes. They're going to surprise us just springing on it. You think the straight six diesel would even fit under the hood of this? <laughs> Mine? Uh, it's going to be long. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. But it'll look cool. You have to yeah. stretch the nose. Yes. I don't know. If, I don't think they'll 5.3? You think they'll All electric? <laughs> All electric Canyon. How about how about the Z06 <laughs> out of the Corvette? Put the, throw that in there. Yep. Yeah. That, that's High what... High revving V8. Yeah. That's what somebody will do eventually. You know that. You know, I can't wait for all those... Uh, Different versions of the truck. Yeah, V8 swapped, V8 swapped canyons in we'll, Colorado. We'll, we'll leave it to like our friends at Pax Power to do that, right? Exactly. Right? They'll they'll um, they'll rock that out. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Uh, as always, this is Roman and Andre saying check out uh, alltfl.com, uh, and that way you'll be up to date on the latest and greatest in the truck and car world. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.